thank y'all for listening to Tights and Fights. Remember, if you want shirts inspired by us, go leave us that five-star review on iTunes that you've been holding off on. Don't wait. Also, we still need more people to provide their voice for our new promos. It's easy. Just go to the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and record a 30-second message that includes your name, where you're from, and why you love wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Danielle and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and We're in our seat with a massive podcast <laughs> and a four hours flight ahead. We're going to ear fuck the shit out of you. Welcome to Tights and Fights. Oh, yeah. The show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. Please welcome my guest at this time, this big boner I've got. And by the way, I didn't know you could screenshot things from a phone. Who knew? I'm just sitting here with these dope-ass earphones looking like I'm doing that thing where you just fill your face with air. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm Mr. Wednesday Afternoon, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by my fellow members <laughs> of the Nation of Conversation. Just another thing real quick. Oh, go for it. Please, oh, please go for please. it. Give us more. Never That's stop. a real bad angle. It's got to be. Is is that a rib? Because <laughs> it's just like the worst angle. It's like horrible. here's. You know, I've got as many inches as I do chins from the angle of this photo. <laughs> just that's so real. And just look like I don't want like is that is that the face he's making? Like when it happens, he's just like Yeah, oh. that's his erection face. It's that about is. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm gonna get a towel. Oh. Uh, I'm trying. I'm Remember trying. when this podcast was PG, guys? <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't John Cena's podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, Thrilling Adventure Hour fans. Uh, oh. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the cerebral bad assassin. Did I read that right? You did. I don't think, I think Good. I Danielle Radford. That's you. Hi, that's me. That's my that's name. You. And... <laughs> Hip-hop's Paul Heyman guy. Yeah, one day, Mike Eagle. I, I'm coming for a designer. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to delete that shit. <laughs> coming up on this week's show, the architect of introspection, a deleted contract, couples conundrum, and a lot more. But first, let's get into WWE news. And I know we can be a little bit harsh on Raw, and when I say we, it's mostly me. Although you join in, Mike. Yeah, I, I, like to, I like to shit on Raw. But you know what? I put it on Twitter. I enjoyed this week's Raw. I liked it just fine. Did you watch SmackDown and think it was Raw? Oh. oh. <laughs> Listen, I had not seen SmackDown at the time. so We're going to uh, talk about SmackDown a little later. SmackDown mm. was yeah, way better gonna, than we're Raw. We're going to talk about SmackDown. But Raw was okay. I felt Raw. like Raw did a lot to move things. Like They're, they're at least setting up. At WrestleMania, and they were building their matches at Fastlane. I really liked the the closing segment a lot. What was yeah. it again? I don't remember. It was uh, Roman Reigns with the contract signing. It was the oh, best God. contract signing I've ever seen because the point wasn't they're going to sign the contract and they fight. The point was Ron Strowman wants it in ink because he thinks Roman Reigns is going to back down. 
and then winds up they wind up beating the shit out of each other. And I enjoyed the violence of it, but I think maybe they have to come up with some other mechanism to show that a match is on. It's not the signing of a contract. Because okay. to me, after all that fighting, like the exclamation point being him grabbing a tiny pen and writing his name <laughs> yeah, on a paper, like that really kind of weirded me out. I just, I, I, <laughs> I wish it was like. I've been to contract signings. You can do those on your phone now. So right. like, I don't know why they gotta pull out. Some poor fucking intern's gotta pull out the table. They have to get like special pens from the yeah, back. Man. Like you can just do that all on your phone now. Get VeriSign. Like I don't understand. I so. You could save just a lot of hassle if it was just two people. They should have something really archaic where like both dudes have to ring a bell or some shit, <laughs> and then that signifies the match being and on. And also, <laughs> walk ten circles around the yeah. table. Set the fire. It Something also shit. makes me wonder, like, what else? Like, are, do they just sign contracts for those matches? Because that seems weird. Wouldn't they sign? Like, why don't we show when people sign contracts for like any other match? Why don't we? Oh, I'm moving to SmackDown. I guess I have to sign this contract because I'm not SmackDown. Ellsworth talent. got a no. Right. It wasn't Ellsworth. It was Heath. Heath got a, right Heath got because a that was special because right. he made it the whole big contract thing. Well. Here's the other thing. Those contracts could, must be the easiest contracts to get out of because they're each like three lines and then the signature area. <laughs> it's, it's not like you should have to initial five times. There has to be an insurance waivers. These people are going to hurt each other. Yeah, there are no therefores in that contract. And like I, I used to work in law and there's a lot of therefores in contracts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heretofores yeah. and mm-hmm. per- perpetuities and, perpetuity. and all shit. Perpetuities on yeah, that, yeah. Man. Across all media mm-hmm. in the known and un- unknown and known and unknown in the un- in the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. That they use to cover future technology. Yeah, because they got they boned didn't when digital happened. Of, I mean, a lot of WWE guys didn't get that, so they're tripping about the network because they don't get the same guaranteed royalties right. when the DVD shit was happening. Because mm-hmm. so we didn't coming. predict that we would do better than CDs. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? We just thought, like, no, discs. We're well, done. This is the best, yeah. right? This, this little plastic disc that gets scratched up and broken real easily. <laughs> it's got to be the best. Oh, this is perfect. It's the, it's the, well, it's the best profit margin. <laughs> it's so there. adorable, too. Oh, my <laughs> God. It lasts through anything. Yeah. I want a wrestling lawyer who who needs a contract for every single match he <laughs> and forces people to either well you can sign the contract or you can submit right now and Otunga, go, that's the Otunga if he ever comes back lawyer. how about it Otunga that's not gonna happen Beautiful. don't know no okay. come on but like I said Raw did build hype for Sunday's Fastlane show but perhaps the most significant story development may have been Seth Rollins who delivered his first promo after being injured by Samoa Joe here's a clip Oh, Triple H stabbed me in the back. Big surprise, right? I should have known better. I let my ego get in the way of that. Redesign, rebuild, reclaim. You know, that was supposed to be about me uh, changing, you know, being something different, being something better. Somewhere along the way, I, uh, I lost sight of that. And so I just... I. I've been feeling like this is my fault, man. So, Rollins (laughs) showing a long memory, going back almost three years now, and talking about his journey from being the guy who turned on the shield and being Triple H's golden boy and getting the title and getting injured and then all this stuff. Still reaffirming his desire to face Triple H at WrestleMania. Danielle, what did you think of this more humble version of Seth Rollins? Because we haven't seen this yet from I know a lot of people uh, didn't super like it, and I'm going to say that my judgment might be colored because I've been reading that WWE comic book, and right now, like, I'm, I'm, I know, 
I've never been more on brand, but I've been been reading this WWE comic book and it's actually really friggin' good. And right now the arc that they're doing is the arc of him leaving the shield. And it's basically like, I would liken it to if you've ever like seen a movie like Independence Day and then you were like, I'm going to read the novelization of that movie. And then they they get into like the stuff that was behind it. So you do get a lot of stuff where you just watch Triple H and Stephanie turn him into like their bitch while he's like, but no, I want to do the thing. But no, I want to whatever. And like watching him make mistakes and whatever. So having just read that second issue, it's like, oh, it's really like for me, it feels like it's really good. Damn. Okay. Um, but they're, they're, you shouldn't have to also buy a comic book that yeah. most people haven't they're heard of. They're booking the TV <laughs> to the comic book. <laughs> like, but, you also shouldn't have to, yeah, you shouldn't have to go out and buy a comic book that definitely is not carried in like 7-Eleven or, <laughs> or like Walmart or some shit. You have to go to a store for this um, so that you can, but I it made me kind of appreciate it. And I don't think that they're linked in that way. I don't know how they're linked, but it was, it, I don't know, it made me like it. I will say this, even barring having an entire trait paperback worth of backstory that we never got to see, which is interesting. Seth Rollins has been in this mode, and they've done this a lot lately, where they turn a heel baby face, but mm-hmm. only for a specific end. Mm. Yep. So for Rollins, it's, I was wronged, so now I'm going to go, I'm going to seek revenge. Luke Harper is in the same Ugh. place. When he's done with Bray Wyatt, what next? But what we saw on Monday night was a transition where Rollins is attempting to atone for his sins. So it's more of a full baby face turn. Mike, does that work for you? No! <laughs> no? Because it's eight and a half thousand months too late, man. Like, okay. oh, it's funny. At In the same breath, they're acknowledging that fans have long memories. They're shitting on our long memories because all of the vague ass shit he did in between coming back in this moment. What the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been a lot better if yeah. after he came back, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, if after he came back and they did the WWE 24 that was all about the hero story of coming back. Right. Instead of now being like, oh, well, your knee's all fucked up again, so I guess we'll do the... Right. And do you remember the excitement when he came back and was standing over yeah. Roman and how that fucking crowd went bonkers? Yeah. That next night is when you do this. You don't have him in the ring looking like a sad, wounded animal. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, right. I was I was anxious. I was actively anxious. Like, why do they even have him, like, in the ring? The ring is where fighting happens. His <laughs> leg is broken. And, and occasionally got... business. <laughs> right. Occasionally, uh, Notary Public has yeah. to be there. But you got Samoa Joe on one side and Triple H on the other. I don't know. To me, that's just the improper presentation of a baby face. And it looked sad. It didn't look like the triumphant hero that I want to root for. They're like, oh my God, he's so broken. Get him out of there. Well, we'll see what what, what fragment of a segment they're able to throw together for WrestleMania, <laughs> oh, depending on, on his status. But uh, let's move to another big part of Raw, which was Sami Zayn actually getting in some offense on Samoa Joe. What do you guys think Sammy fits in the grand story of Triple H's guy versus the rest of the roster? I mean, is he just another punching bag for Joe to help get Joe over as a heel? Or do you think uh, th- they're also establishing Sammy at the same time. It's kind of hard to tell. Mike, what do you think? I don't think it's possible to establish both of them at the same time if they're going to be in a feud because one person, especially Samoa Joe, who's new, who's being positioned as a main event, he's got to go over. He's just got to go over. He's so hot. Like, there's nothing. You have him come in and do all that stuff, and then he doesn't go over Sammy. But but you can get the rub in losing. If if the the, the deal with Sammy's done. But he takes a beating, a couple hope spots cut off. But Samoa Joe is having trouble putting him away just because of how tough he is. He just refuses. The the great moments in matches where the kick out just feels like instinct. Mm-hmm. That I buy as a way to get him over in losing. I don't think so. I think he's got to beat two people in a row. 
Yeah. I don't give a fuck who they are even. <laughs> yeah. He just has to beat two people in a yeah. row. Primo and then Epico. Sure. Just sure. do it. As long as they don't do it on the same show. Shining and then star. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Like, Please. <laughs> like, let's go. Do it at the timeshare meeting. Who cares? <laughs> and I love Sammy. It's great. But he is literally like the abused <clears throat> redheaded stepchild. Seriously, he's wrong. only built up for people to beat. You know, like yeah. that's his old like he, he there's no forward progression for his character. <laughs> he gets built up and then they bring somebody in to pin him. He is literally the punk that jumps up to get beat down. That's tight. I like that. That's good. All right. Well, let's step away from the WWE <laughs> news jump for up to just get a second. Beat down. <laughs> oh, it's oh, lovely. All right, let's step away from the WWE for just a second to take a look at a major wrestling milestone. Ring of Honor celebrated its 15th anniversary last Thursday. And if you'd asked me how old it was, I'd go, I don't know, 10, <laughs> 20? Is it 30 years old? Has it been around since the 70s? And I just didn't know. Uh, but both of you are a little bit more aware of Ring of Honor. Do you guys have personal experience with the Ring of Honor? Not in the ring, but was it something either of you have watched a lot? I was actually the heavyweight champion for a couple oh, months in 2003. I should have known. I'm embarrassed now. Now I'm embarrassed. I should have known that. I see you once a week. That's right. It was it was a dark time in my life. I don't okay. I don't talk about it a lot. Wow. <laughs> and then things hit rock bottom. <laughs> um, I you know like it's I, I've said like my, uh, a bunch of my buds had a fed, and so occasionally you would see people come through for that, um, and so that was kind of like those dudes and those of my wrestling buds. They were the ones who got me into independent wrestling and learning about independent wrestlers. I will say that ROH on television is not my favorite thing. Mm. I think that Ring of Honor, obviously it's like fun to go to. I think that the, and I don't even know if the TV show for it is still on. Right. Like they had like a cable show and yeah. it felt like it just drained all of the fun out of it. And I'm glad that they on, got that check. It was on like whatever odd. It was on, it was on Destination Destination America. It was on Destination, but which they, then they TNA made it, a deal with, right? Yeah, they like paired it with TNA. Right. And then that was when, and then after that, TNA moved to Pop, which I don't know what that is. Yeah, that's, that used to be like the TV Guide channel. Isn't that the channel for babies? Oh, boy. Yeah. Wasn't there a channel that's just for infants and they put <laughs> TNA on that station? That's so fucking great. Like coming up next, a half an hour of jingling kids. But first, <laughs> Cody Rhodes faces off. <laughs> Sorry about your damn yeah. luck, kid. Well, let's stick with non WWE events. Impact Wrestling. I haven't said that ever <laughs> in the history of the debut of Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling. Ooh, my mouth feels weird. <laughs> Had some major news, and not all of it was good. Cody Rhodes made his crossover debut, but more significantly, a lot of top stars announced they're leaving the company, including the Broken Hardy Brothers. How bad is this for Impact that they're losing their most overact? I mean, I, I is really it a death now. I really, I, at this point, I want TNA to die. I just wanted uh, oh, to die. And they're no. losing a lot of people. It's not just them. They are hemorrhaging talent. They lost this week. Maria and Michael Bennett. They sure did. They lost Jade. Yep. Uh, who else? Oh, Drew Galloway. Drew Galloway. Left oh, well. he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's like just Bobby Lashley now. So I have no idea. And like, Cody. And yeah, Brandy. And what about EC3? Is he still around? Oh, God. I mean, yeah, he sure. is. I don't he like go him. nowhere. Doesn't he look like Sean O'Hare a little bit? <laughs> is that why? Am I remembering that right? <laughs> Does he? Kind of. Kind of. I feel like I've seen him twice. He, just, he like looks him. like any buff brunette. 
that's gotten his face me. beat up a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, does he have a barbed wire tattoo? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. He just looks like any of those guys. Is it around the erection that he has to sit with for four hours on planes? <laughs> Isn't it always? Mm-hmm. That's where I'd put mine. Now, if the rumor and innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> you almost like that past week. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Now, if the rumor and innuendo are to be believed, according to Dave Meltzer, there is a 75% chance right now the Hardys wind up back in WWE. I'll tell you why I think that may not be true. The big sticking point in their contract was the loss of creative control. Yeah. That's been Hardy's big thing is he's gotten himself over. Uh, and, I mean, Jeff is always over. Yeah. Uh, but Har- Matt Hardy just keeps getting himself over mm-hmm. in different ways. I don't know if going to WWE solves that problem. It's not like he's going to show up and Vince will go, well, goddamn, pal, do whatever you want. But it's also um, more money. It is more money. Because, like, they also, uh, along with the creative control thing, it was also that TNA was going to start taking 10%, like, 360. So yeah. anything they did, merch, any other promotions they worked for, right. anything else, they were going to start taking 10%. It's from. really stupid and greedy. It's really dumb. Because like, that's not, people went to TNA <clears throat> because you can still do other promotions and because you, no one else has their hands on your merch and right. all that other stuff. But that's what ultimately killed them, like... We're going to do business differently. You know how all those other promotions make money? We're not going to do that. (laughs) What are we going to do to replace it? We don't know. (laughs) Here's Dixie Carter. Check us out on Nick Jr. (laughs) at 6 a.m. Right after reruns of Sharon, Lois, and Bram. (laughs) We'll be on there with our fucked up six-sided ring. Um, (laughs) Now, uh, let's go to SmackDown, where the, the show is full of a lot of uncertainty as we get closer to WrestleMania. Randy Orton revealed he's been playing Bray Wyatt this whole time. Who knew? He even went so far as to burn down the Wyatt family compound and Katie, uh, sorry, Sister Abigail's remains after (laughs) confirming. (laughs) You ain't shit. You ain't shit. I was thinking the same shit. Me as well, friends. Me as well. You know, but uh, Randy Orton is going to uh, use his right as the Royal Rumble winner to face Bray at WrestleMania. Uh, we all knew it was coming. <laughs> so how do you feel about the way how? the betrayal went down? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> ah, your face Daniel, mm. <laughs> I am so mad. So mad at this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost willing to go as far as saying SmackDown sucks now. Wow. Like, oh. that, all that excitement we had around the brand split and anything could happen and shit was moving and people were getting over. Oh, that's just fucking done. And I feel like this main event angle was going to mean so much to say whether or not they knew what the fuck they were doing for the last six months at all. Mm-hmm. And clearly they have not. They didn't even give us the courtesy of having Randy grow a fucking beard <laughs> to sell the alliance. He was in the woods with his same dumb sleeveless fucking hoodie on the whole time. Like we all were thinking, well, this isn't going to fucking last long at all. And have we not learned yet that you cannot turn babyface by turning heel on a heel? It is not a path. Because let's think about this. Do you want me to cheer this motherfucker? Mm. <laughs> then why you got him beating up good guys for six months? Nah. How am I supposed to forget about this shit? He was dressed like a J. Crew model going camping. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just have my hot chocolate by the fire. He brought a shaving kit to the woods. <laughs> <laughs> what did he clean every day? 
Would it have been better if his opening song was like, I hear voices in my head. It's Bray. It's Bray. And then was... <laughs> <laughs> like, that was his theme song. We could have got those back into, those guys back in to record it. They're not doing anything else. Oh, my God. They can leave the state fair for one night. <laughs> Jesus. Where they're working the Tilt-A-Whirl as operators. <laughs> I'm guessing I'm the most upset about this. I don't. <laughs> I agree with the thing where it's like you can't. So is Bray like is Bray a face now? Because he looks so sad. Because yeah. Why are you it was a face. I don't care who you are. Like it isn't. In order for it to be a hella face thing for Randy Orton to have dug up someone's grave who we've never met and we just hear about. So who knows? Maybe she was sweet. Maybe she was a. Ch- we don't know her deal. Yeah. Maybe that's Bray projecting stuff on her. We haven't seen her. And all be we know, evil. and that's his sister. Right? <laughs> his sister, and burnt down to do his house. <laughs> now, if let's say Bray had done that thing that he does sometimes, where he kidnaps folks, and he'd been kidnapping folks, and the, they got super evil and a little too dark, right. and it got crazy, and then all of a sudden you have Randy Orton go in there and he rescues some people, and he's like, I'm burning the evil to the ground. Right. Then that's something, but for yes. him to just be like, burn your house down, what you gonna do? Nothing, and, and you ain't wh- got no house. And what has Bray done except trust him? Except be friends. Yeah. He wasn't even jumped into the Wyatt family. Right, it's just like, no, I can't beat him. I'm a, now I'm going to be a member of them. So there was no, it was such a weakly told story. It's horrible. That got interesting when he gave up his rumble spot. Right. Would have been mm-hmm. way but more so, interesting. So now. Remember what I had to you guys? Yeah. I was so cute yeah. a week ago, too. But, why, but why, yeah. why did they do any of that? Why did, they, why did he give up his rumble? Why did he say he wasn't going to challenge him only for two weeks later to say, oh, I really am challenging you? Why? It's stupid. How do you think uh, it's stupid? I think it's stupid. It's it's stupid, and I don't want to talk about the next thing in the script. But we have to because it's is because, it stupider than what we just talked yeah, about? Yeah, it is. Because now, in light of this, in light of this change, we have AJ Styles. Oh God, who supposedly is the other person who has a right to it. We all know it's gonna fucking happen. Yeah, man. I love. I I think Luke Harper's face turn has been good, although I don't know where he goes next. I mean, what the fuck? Where do any of them go? It, all AJ Styles has done. He's like the heel who's right, where he's like, I've jumped through every hoop you've put in front of me. So Shane deciding, well, Randy Orton did this, so you're not gonna be in it, pal. But you'll have a, a title shot at a later date. Randy Orton then, burned a house down, so now yeah. you don't get then your Then AJ title. AJ goes crazy, and then they have their <clears throat> match at WrestleMania. I don't like it. I don't either. I don't. But I also don't like the triple threat. I like Harper in a triple threat with Randy Orton having to come back and, and be in it and then have him turn on Bray. Have him turn on him in the WrestleMania match. Fine. That's a longstanding Do you guys tradition. Know who, you guys know who was writing SmackDown, right? Who was the head writer on SmackDown? Hmm. That was Ryan Ward, who was yeah. the guy who was writing NXT when it okay. was good, right? Then what happened? He's gotten replaced, I would say, as of a month ago. And Do you know who they gave the book to? Vince McMahon? Road Dog, the motherfucking Road Dog. Road Dog. Road Dog. Road Dog's been. Brian he's had the. Road he's had. Dog he's had the book for a minute on different. Oh wow. Stuff. But I am willing to blame this all on him. <laughs> I think this is all his fault. I think this has gotten really stupid really fast. I think this has been planned for longer than him. Mm. I don't. I don't think you can blame him. There's nothing he can do. They, they they set those WrestleMania plans pretty early. I mean, but no, two weeks ago they had Randy Orton say he was not going to challenge Bray. Can somebody, anybody give me no. any sort of remotely logical fucking reason? He should have done it as soon as he won the match. That was a month ago. A month ago. And then we would we could have had a month of him, of I mean, him taking out every other thing, number one how, contender. How long they've set this up because 
Randy won the Rumble before fucking Bray was even the champion. Yeah. What the fuck were these people That's thinking? Right. He couldn't have done yeah. it. That's right. Because then they set it up. This I is fucking blame stupid. It. Blame it on Road Dog. Well, it's also like, why do you have to pretend to be his friend if right. you're just ultimately yeah. going to hit him? Like, what does what was gained by Randy doing you that? Unless just, he was just like, well, haven't betrayed anyone for a while. Let's talk about, let's talk about the best thing, the thing that made SmackDown the best show of the week. And that was the promo that opened up the show between Miz, Maurice, John Cena, and Nikki Bella. Because everyone got to slip in a burn in their mic time. First, it was the most underrated wrestler in the company today, The Miz. Now you need to say, I'm John Cena, recognize, but you're not fooling anyone anymore. You're not Super Cena anymore. You're barely decent Cena. And then it was Cena. You are in a large group of folks that feel you can't get so far in this company until you get held down because you nothing more than a trend-hopping, joke-stealing, unoriginal shell of a WWE superstar. Joke-stealing? Those are fighting words. Yeah, for real. I'll fight someone, I'll punch someone in the face that's going to joke-stealing. Then, Maurice. You are a control egomaniac freak. That's true. Yep, that's true. Oh, and you know what they say. Bigger the ego, smaller the package. <laughs> Penis joke! Yeah. And finally, Nicole, come on out. Do you have anything to say? Maurice! Just pop me. You mess with my man, I'm gonna break you, bitch. You Ooh. hear me? Goosebumps. Yeah. Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna break you, bitch. Mm, she got real ethnic for, for a real. second. She dug deep down and found that <laughs> ethnic again. <laughs> Do you think. Uh, that over the course of 15, the segment was about 15 minutes long. Damn. All of a sudden, you wanted to see that mixed tag match, didn't you? Nope. No? Nope. <laughs> Come on! Still don't. Don't care. Fuck! It's so good, I don't though. Don't care. You don't, think, you don't think that there are legitimate issues now between these four? No. Why? Because it's all very manufactured. It's it, very, it's, have you, have I mean, he literally, I mean, he literally guys, said, I love you so much, but this is just for Toad Steves. And we <clears> all know it's just for Toad Steves because <laughs> all of those people are on Toad Steves. And mm. I, I, I know sell for Toad Steves, man. I know sell. Hold on. <laughs> I love, I love, yo, I love Total Divas. We but all watch. And like, Three of us, two of us do. In yeah. like six months, they're going to be like, Nikki was supposed to walk my dog. And Nikki did, <laughs> and she never came. And she never came and walked my dog. <laughs> and then John's gonna be like, "Well, well, Nicole, you you did say that you were gonna you walk your dog. You promised. You you did. You made a promise <laughs> made and a you prom- made a commitment. It's a solemn thing. I'm gonna let you fight I'm your own God. battles. And I'm gonna drink this punch bowl of wine <laughs> with some tapas plates. Oh my God, John. She like said that like I can't like watch the dog anymore. And like now we have to like fight." And then they're going to fight. And then that's going to be like the season finale of Toad Steve's. I, Y'all know I'm right. I think Ms. Cena, I, I love Ms.'s promo on Cena. I loved Cena's reply. I even liked Maurice cutting. Like the promos alone, the match is going to be what it's going to be. I think it'll be fine. You've got three very talented workers. I, I haven't seen Maurice in a ring for a while. I'm sure she'll be fine. Wasn't a terrible wrestler when she was in the ring. She seems like she cares. She's they, probably practicing. They can carry a match, but now you've got a month of them cutting promos on each other to get you excited. They're gonna cut I the think, same fucking promo I, over and over I again. I think that was so good, though. Yeah. Nikki, 
I mean, Nikki has gotten a lot better. Whatever the improv bullshit she's been taping and putting up on YouTube has like definitely been Is helping she her make characters. She did AJ Styles. Oh, good. I never put it over because oh, I can't. Oh, we're going to have to play that, Julian, at some point. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to figure that no, shit she, out. She I need does, to hear that. She does like a two-minute impression of AJ Styles where she's clearly wearing his gear. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is I'm possibly the cutest. <clears throat> it reminds me of like, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Joey uh, Lollipop, whatever. I brain Ryan. Damage. Joey Ryan has been doing a thing against Stardust, and he's clearly been wearing Cody's old Stardust gear because it bunches up. the <laughs> 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 It bunches up at the ankles and the wrists because he's too short. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, so she's clearly wearing his gear. She's got like, I don't know if she like put her hair or if she got like a wig. She got like some fake, like a fake like chin, chin like neck beard. Yeah. And she's like, oh, um, I'm like AJ Styles and I have soccer mom hair and it's bad. Oh, it's not good. I thought it was cool. Oh, no. Oh. But it's clearly she's practicing well. for her next step because, you know, there's only so long you can get by on a reconstructed neck. Yeah. And I feel like when John becomes even more of a part-timer, Nikki's probably going to start she's looking. Gonna, she's, gonna, she's not going to yeah. want to be on the road like that. She's not going to want to be on the road like that. Well, with the character work you're talking about, I can't wait to see her on season 47 of Wild and Out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, every week there's always tons of wrestling to get through. And if we missed anything, you can start the conversation at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights or hit us up on Twitter at Tights Fights. That's what we are there. We've already taken in the sights of wrestling. But when we come back, we'll look at the sounds as well. That's up next on Tights and Fights. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Bites. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. Entrance music is critical to a wrestler's success. It's a hook that, when done right... Pops the crowd and lets them know their favorite guy or gal is on their way to the ring. We wanted to take a look at some of the best music in the history of the WWE in a new segment we're calling Ringtones. So I thought it would be good to talk about The Rock. So why don't we start with the blue chipper Rocky Maivia and his entrance music in 96. Which... He's a blue chipper, folks. He's a blue chipper. <laughs> blue chipper. Uh, the It's interesting music because it's super mid-90s, but it also has... Hints of the of of themes and and bits of music that are going to appear throughout his entrance music for the entirety of his career. So let's listen to that. That's the most bluegrassy shit a Samoan has ever come out to. <laughs> yeah. It's super squiddly squiz squiz. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they pretended he was a bartender in a honky tonk either. <laughs> right. They just like, rock house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was his original music, and it was it was generic. 
Like there are a lot of people who had generic music. There are people who have generic music today for sure, but that that was one that doesn't. It feels a little further away from the rock that we know. Then of course. Uh, he joined the Nation of Domination. We are the nation. And this is the, the first domination. time you hear something that you're going to hear again a lot in his music, which is the beat. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to that. We are the Nation of Domination. Yes, this is my shit. Nation of domination. Oh, this is a super OG dom- uh, uh-huh. Nation of Domination music. This is Jim Johnston trying to make a rap song. It's just drums. That's it's okay, it you guys. I know black people. But you can play his music over this. Yeah, it's the same beat. No, you can tell the other elements were added later, but it's so funny to think that it just started some fucking rolling drum beat. Do you, uh, Mike, you're a musician. I is. Do you, when you listen to the Rocks theme, is that something that you pay a lot of oh, attention very to? very much. Very, very much. What do you think of the elements of a great entrance song because I well, think the Nation of Domination is great even though it's it's drums yeah now I, I feel like it got better when they added those chords in it that ultimately became Rock's music but I think the most interesting thing about entrance music for me and it's what's outlined by this very grouping of songs is that the greatest thing about them is when they change in subtle ways mm. that yes. you don't really pay attention to mm-hmm. until way later and that's what Jim Johnston was fucking great at mm-hmm. you would have your chords or whatever but especially when somebody got to main event status mm. you can tell they started making everybody's song sound like it could end Wrestlemania yep you know right. what I mean they would add whatever and, guitar solo and still keeping like, like those major elements exactly yeah exactly so like that's one thing I really miss about entrance music because right now I feel like it's all like once they have it that's kind of it see yeah. Roman yes. you can keep the core parts and then have changed it so <laughs> that it sounds like a different song <laughs> I like that you. I love like, I'm saying it like, like Roman, Roman Reigns is in charge. It's not CFO dollar signs fault. <laughs> Roman spends uh, his off time at a giant baby grand piano, just going <laughs> away trying to figure out the next. Uh, but let's hear the next evolution where they start laying down some of the more iconic rock music as he turns heel on the nation. Let's hear that. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Ha. The rock's laying the smackdown. Yeah, because this was this was the nation's music. Yeah, that with with all of the chords and the and the instruments in it, and then it changed it to the rock. Because uh, at that time at the nation, everybody had a catchphrase, and if mm-hmm. they came out for single matches, it would just play like like you better recognize for yeah. D'Lo while his was going. You know what I mean? That's right. And Mark yeah. Henry is like, when's more chicken going to be here? <laughs> I need 900 chicken breasts to maintain this weight. Please. I lost in the Olympics. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Everything hurts all the time. But uh, of all of those people. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just talking about me. <laughs> I got hit by a bus. Boom, 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 boom. Danielle says, Danielle, Danielle says, I watched Total D. Do 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 do. It had that like sort of plodding feel to mm. it. It had a steady beat. It didn't really speed up until like 2000. Hmm. Do we have a 2000 sampling of the Rock's theme song, Julian? If you smell what the Rock is cooking. Yep. Gives yeah, time for folks to start cheering. Yep. As soon as you hear "If You Smell," the crowd is already unglued on their feet. And then he hits, like, you get the music, then he hits, so you have three pops. You have the If You Smell, the music starts, he appears. They built three pops into the uh, entrance, and the song gets two of them. Hmm. Let's now move to Hollywood rock, 
where he added the there's like a helicopter flyover. Yeah, it was very and it, and very it slowed serene. Back down. Yeah, I love it. I, I I loved Hill Rock. I mean, I really cheered for oh, him yeah. even because I just always loved him the best. I love better than Hill anybody. Rock. Yeah, so oh, even yeah. that, I'd, I'd yes. The and rock shirts, concerts, the I don't terrible care that he's shirts. Evil. He wore vests. Oh God, he vests wore and leather vests. pants too, and the sunglasses all the time. Not here's Hollywood Rock. I love it. It's giving it's giving me a four hour erection right now. And all you hear is, is, is cooking. It's cooking. Oh. <laughs> I'm here. And then it the ghost slows of down. the guy we used to like. Now uh, there's a modern version of the song that he pretty much uses all the time, and you'll notice that as you go through these, the electric guitar becomes more and more prominent. Yeah. Now it's it that is main eventer shit. Mm-hmm. It is like the, somebody has put a strobe light right in front of the eyes of the guitar player because <laughs> it is all over the place. Let's hear the modern version of the Rock's theme. If you smell That's what great. the Rock is cooking. It literally sounds like he's attacking you with those first if you smell. Like, you go smell it. (laughs) The guitars, too. The guitars, they're coming right for your ear, man. They're coming. It's like, hey, I was at the Oscars. Uh, (laughs) Did you see how shocked I looked? (laughs) (laughs) I wore a blue-ass suit. (laughs) All right. So there you go. That is the Rocks theme song throughout the ages. Do either of you have a favorite version? For me... The Rock's theme is always the one from 2000. That like steady face run where he was feuding with Triple H a bunch. Uh, like that was just, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in my brain married to that era anyway, that, that year of 2000 into yeah. 2001 before, well, even through the invasion. But the Rock's theme song just, there's something about it. I love the pacing of it in that era. What about you guys? You mean the best era of that, that is, music? That is my favorite version of his theme. I mean, he's had like six, seven versions of his theme I, music. I, same for me. The one with all the catchphrases in it. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. my, that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, no, that one's really good. I really like the Nation one. Yeah. And there's so many great wrestling themes to go through. I know uh, you probably want to hear us do a ton more, and we will, but what musical thoughts do you have from the world of wrestling? Who cares? Just kidding. Let us know at facebook.com slash groups slash tightsfights or at tightsfights on Twitter. When we come back, we'll share three things from wrestling that deserve your appreciation. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. My name is Patrick. My name is Ariel. My name is Joe Coughlin. The first time I uh, went to MaxFunCon, I didn't know anyone. I was really uh, nervous about that. Everyone said not to worry about going alone, that I'd make friends right away, that I'd have an amazing time. It turns out everyone was right. I instantly had 200 new friends. I've made lifelong friends at MaxFunCon that I'm going to keep in touch with for the rest of my life. If you aren't sure if you belong at MaxFunCon, you belong. Don't be like me. Don't waste two years being too nervous. Just go already. Join Ariel, Patrick, and Joe at MaxFunCon. Tickets for MaxFunCon and MaxFunCon East are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Michael Eagle. Every week, we like to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. 
This is the three count. Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? I am putting over because everyone knows that I love a good like social media Twitter beef. Um, I am putting over this week um, Paul Heyman uh, straight up bodying C.W. Anderson. Oh, he got him. He got him so so hard. He got him so hard. So hard. Um, so it's a week of people being bodied on social media. <laughs> so C.W. Anderson took a hard L when he went on an episode of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he was like, he talked about how Heyman basically abandoned WCW in the last days and like left it all up to ECW? Dreamer. ECW, sorry, left it all up to Dreamer like wasn't paying attention to the locker room at one point he was like he was off filming rollerball and like all this other stuff and so Paul Heyman goes out to literally takes a picture and is like I'm at Korean barbecue and that shit takes a long time to cook so during that time he was like I was trying to save the company I have zero regrets about it I went bankrupt trying to save ECW I've never regretted my investment and I never will so when someone repeats a blatant lie about my commitment at the time to the product to which I devoted seven years of my life it's nothing short of ignorance on full display for the entire world to see at the end he says oh I almost forgot to answer CW's nagging self-question as to why he was paid $75 a night when other had more, at least on paper. That was the going rate for a lower level stooge who reported on the locker room to Dreamer. Damn. But admittedly, he was a damn good one. Props. So he was like, I'm only going to address this because I'm waiting for my Korean barbecue to cook. Use a snitch. Damn. Like, that was the whole thing. Got him. And then CW tried to go back on, like, Facebook, and, like, no one cared. No. Wow. Because one of those people is still working. Yep. Um, I, I hope that CW Anderson um, is well. I hope that his family is fed. Um, and I hope that he takes this L with grace. Um <laughs> You can't even say congratulations, Paul Heyman, because, of course, Paul Heyman yeah. got him. Because that's Don't what Paul spit into the does. wind. Don't step on Superman's cape. <laughs> and do not start a war of the words with Paul Heyman. And also, put a little ass on it. Put a little ass on it. <laughs> Mike, what do you want to put over? I want to put over fucking Bruce Prichard a goddamn gin. Because <laughs> I love him and goddamn. his goddamn audio podcast thing that he makes with Conrad Thompson. Uh, they hit a bonus... Um, they hit a milestone that they were trying to generate for YouTube. I mean, iTunes comments, and they did a special episode on Houston wrestling, which, which kept coming up for the poll, but kept losing. Nobody wanted to hear about Houston wrestling, but it actually was a really great episode. It set the stage for um, kind of linking the old school territory system with mid south and uh, mm. world class wrestling, because um, it was tangentially. Uh, related to those and in, in part of the NWA and it linked all of that with like the modern WWF product mm. and his um, his place and all of that because he worked he got his start at Houston Wrestling when he was like 14 and was like hired away by Vince as he was like buying the territory when he was like 21 and some shit um, but in it he tells a couple of really interesting stories about the process of Vince buying a territory and how like he had already gotten the TV time from the station for WWF tapes to run in this air slot now. And he could have just said, fuck you. But he wanted to actually pay the old time guys who ran the territory. Paul Bosch. For it. He wanted to pay Paul Bosch for the territory. Like He didn't have to do that, but he wanted to. Um, and in 
when Bruce Pritchard was getting out of working with him and coming up to work in Connecticut, um, Paul Bosch and his son were trying to like call him in for this car loan that that they had given him and he owed like $11,000 on and they were trying to like hold it over his head and Vince just asked him how much he was was was, was and wrote him a check for it and you know just kind of cleared his debt for him so he could come out um, we're going to play a clip from it now so Paul had called Barnett and says hey is there any chance that, that McMahon may be interested in working with us in Houston so I'm working with Paul on one side, Vince on the other. I don't know that Paul is talking to Barnett. Paul doesn't know I'm talking to Vince. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's Vince McMahon. He says, hey, pal, coming to Houston tomorrow, going to meet with Paul. And uh, you and I have never met before. We've never talked before. So the first time that we meet tomorrow, we're brand new to each other. Got me? Yes, sir. I got you. I came away from this episode uh, understanding something because Bruce is often criticized as being like a company guy for Vince and holding the line and not being critical enough. Yeah. And um, at this, when he starts to tell these stories about Vince helping him out and how Vince kind of like got fucked even trying to buy this territory when he didn't have to. Um it gives you this insight into Bruce kind of seeing Vince as like a father figure and ultimately mm-hmm. kind of good-hearted guy, even if he's, even though he's like a ruthless, crazy businessman. And um, I don't know, just seeing that side of Vince was kind of heartwarming. And I recommend everyone listen to this episode of this wildly popular podcast. It doesn't need our help at all. Well, OK, I'm going to try. <clears throat> I'm going to try to get through an episode, you guys. It wouldn't be me if I didn't put over something from SmackDown. Uh, your boy Dean Ambrose came to the ring to cut a promo on Baron Corbin and I loved the beginning of it a whole lot I loved the whole promo the beginning of it especially Uh, let's listen over the years I've learned a lot of valuable valuable life lessons for instance rollerblading home from happy hour is a bad idea some women don't like to be called sturdy (laughs) so strange burrito bowls and roller coasters They don't mix. But one of the most important life lessons I have learned is when you are pushed, you have to push back. And over the last couple weeks, I have been pushed, prodded, cajoled, attacked, beaten up, and left for dead. But if Baron Corbin thinks that I'm just going to roll over and let him walk away from that, then Baron Corbin is going to learn a very important life lesson of his own. Here it is. Messing with Dean Ambrose is a very, very bad idea. I also like that he goes on to say that uh, Baron Corbin has to hurry up and respond because he didn't leave enough money in his meter. (laughs) that was. I like how you said his tattoos look dumb. On yes. the big screen mm-hmm. too. That yes. was great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like Baron Corbin doing scripted. I like him on Talking Smack. Yeah, talking, he's, oh, he's but, great yeah. on Talking Smack. I don't know that I've seen one thing on Talking Smack yet. When I was like, you should have done that. I've seen a right. bunch of shit like that, but to me, that's part <laughs> uh, of it. It's like it's like the mixed bag aspect yeah. of it. People are out there trying shit, so sometimes it just fucking fails, and it's yes. fine. <laughs> as long as it's not Shane McMahon hosting, I'm usually there for it. <laughs> well, that does it for tights and fights, <laughs> and Shane McMahon hosting. That motherfucker's a wet blanket, man. Wow, we are a podcast of the. <laughs> Maximum Fun Network. I hate him. Our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle along with me, Hal Lublin. Art teacher looking motherfucker. Our producer is podcasting's best cup secret, Julian Burrell. sit his ass down Senior somewhere. producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that.
Throw your ass through a glass playing card. <laughs> the king of the ring. We fucking fell on his neck. It had a big spade or some shit on it, didn't it? It, had the, it was king of the ring. It had oh, probably yeah. the O or something. That's right. Well, I was trying to think on my feet. <laughs> you know what? You did fine. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter. And hey, if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. Come on. And don't wrestle in Jordans. Thank you. <laughs> that- One more. We'll be back next week for even more. You guessed it. Wrestling. You gotta have one more. Oh, that was it? No. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.